Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. I want to talk about the number one reason social media has a profound impact on our mental health. The number one reason. And I realized this, excuse me, um, when I received the text recently of a friend who passed away. Before I get into that, there are so many ways that social media can impact our our, our mental health. And I want to share with you five of the the generally talked about ways that social media affects our mental health. And then get into the good of it, right? Because I don't want to demonize it, but I also don't want to idolize it. I want to present uh, a clear and balanced view of social media and then give you my number one reason, the reason that I never hear really talked about in any of the articles or discussions on social media and its impact on mental health. All right. So, <clears throat> you know, the first reason social media has an impact on mental health is it, it creates FOMO, that fear of missing out, right? Um, and this is coming from the Bridges to Recovery uh, website, the dreaded fear of missing out or FOMO rears its ugly head all the time on social media. When scrolling through other people's posts, you can quickly get the sense that you've missed out on activities, inside jokes, or new friendships. This feeling is particularly hurtful if you see friends or family online doing things without you. Realizing that you've been left out of a party or other event feels awful and can leave you feeling depressed sad, and lonely. Seeing all the great things other people have in their lives can also give you a powerful sense of inadequacy. You're not just missing out on events or parties. You may also feel like you're missing out on a better life. And, you know, my antidote for that feeling of FOMO, when you see other people having a great life or what looks like a great life or awesome life, make sure that you don't scroll past that. Um, engage with them. Leave a compliment. Text them. Say, hey, I saw that you know you were at a, a party in Ibiza, uh, blah, 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 that looked r- like a lot of fun. You know, to, and then ask them, like, what was your favorite part of that whole experience? And the reason why you want to engage and ask is because t- what you'll find is that the response that they give you to what what, what their favorite part was, to what the, the thing that stood out was, was not captured in any of the photos or social media posts. I give you an example. Michelle went to Cabo, and you know she's sharing all these photos of her and her girlfriends in Cabo and this nice house, and uh, they have a cook, and it just it looks amazing. It looks picture perfect. And when I asked her what her favorite part of the trip was, it was the fact that her friends and her family, like her mom was there, her friends and moms were there, that they all got to spend time together. That's not something you can really take a photo of. You can't take a photo of the feeling of being surrounded and comforted and nurtured and cared for by loved ones. There's not a photo that can capture that. That was the most enjoyable part for her. 
there's yes, there's the visual aesthetics of how beautiful the house is and the pool, and and you're thinking, oh, the parting and the like that's all. But it was just that they were with people that they really cared about and felt like cared about, or she was with people that she really cared about and felt like they also cared about her. So that's why you want to engage with the posts that give you that feeling of, of FOMO. Ask them, say, you know, first compliment them. Oh, this looks like it was so much fun and a blast. What was your favorite part? Uh, and then you can even follow up like, was there, what was the, the most challenging part? What was the part you're like, well, we could delete that. I hope that never happens again. And, and now you're getting more of a story. And now instead of feeling left out, you feel like you're a part of because whatever they enjoyed, typically you're like, oh, yeah, I enjoy that too. And that brings up memories. And then whatever they're like, Ugh, scratch that out, you probably would agree. And now you feel more connected to this person. And then it increases their likelihood of inviting you to the next event because they go, wow, that actually is a really cool person. They're really, they were interested in me and they're interested. Um, the second way that social media can impact our mental health is that we spend too much time comparing ourselves to others. It's that compare and despair. Um, and you see this really a lot in photos. Like, you know, maybe you're going to Harvard and they're, um, or you're going to Yale, they're going to Harvard. And you're like, man, I want to go to Harvard. Um, and so now you're going to Yale, which is also a very prestigious college and, and university. Um, it, it doesn't, feel as rewarding because you're comparing what you've achieved to what somebody else achieved, forgetting the fact that you really also wanted to go to Yale, that you love the culture, you love the people, and that you're having a great time at Yale and that your parents were proud of you and, and that you worked really hard. And, um, you know, what was really most important to you is the professor at, at Yale like we forget all the reasons why we love doing the thing that we're doing because we see somebody else having a thing and then we go, that's better. It's almost like being on a plane where, you know, I'm, I'm always happy that when I get the aisle seat, I'm like, oh yeah, especially because I, I use Southwest a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I got the aisle seat. But I'm, I'm so happy unless I see that, you know, there's a first class, right, where oh my God, they, like every seat feels like the aisle seat and they have so much space and they get so much food. Like that, you know, then I'd be comparing myself to them and I'd be like, oh, this aisle seat is too small. I don't have enough armrest room. So we have to be aware that we're not comparing ourselves to others. And once again, if you do, because it's human nature, it's human nature to compare ourselves to others. And you don't need social media for this. If you have siblings, a lot of times your parents will compare you to the other siblings. So if you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else, that's another opportunity to lean in and ask questions, to get curious about what they find enjoyable about what they're doing and what they find challenging. People will all people love to share what their challenges are. It gives them an opportunity to go over it in their minds. It gives them an opportunity to come up with new angles and ideas and, and create workaround 
of that. And it also makes them feel supported. Like, wow, somebody really cares about what I'm going through and, and recognizing that my life isn't all peaches and cream, right? So when you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else, reach out, ask them about what it was enjoyable about the process. What was challenging? What was the hardest part? What do they um, wish they could do over? What did they learn in the process? Um, you know, ask these more engaging questions. Follow up, follow up, follow up. Dig a little deeper. And then you'll find that pain of comparing despair dissipating. And that's what we want. The third way that social media can impact our mental health is it isolates us. The more time I spend on my phone, the less time I spend looking up. You know, in another episode, I talked about how I lost my cell phone. And, you know, when I have my cell phone, I'm looking down all the time, I'm scrolling. So I'm not making eye contact. I'm not making friends. I'm not making new connections. I'm making online connections, but not tangible, not real, not concrete. No one, there's not anyone there to to hold or hug me, right? Um, So you you become more isolated and you start to think that your whole life has to be spent on social media because it feels like everybody else is spending their whole life on social media, which um, is never true. So it, it isolates you, and it also isolates you because you end up thinking um, about life in these extreme measures. Everything is so exaggerated on social media, or, or the highs are really high and the lows are really ho- low. So you you really believe that you have to achieve more and do more than what is really necessary uh, to get from A to B. And then... The fourth way social media impacts your, your mental health is, or can impact it, is it makes you more depressed and anxious. And, and this comes from the fact that, once again, the, there are high highs and low lows. As soon as you, you know, when I go into my Instagram or Twitter, I'm immediately bombarded with the best news of the day and the worst news of the day. There's a bus crash, a, a murder, a... Uh, a stabbing and, you know, some political unrest. And then it's like somebody getting married and having a baby and celebrating a birthday. And, you know, uh, so, you know, one of my friends, uh, they, they booked the show on a, uh, um, they, they booked a, a gig or a movie or something, you know, really cool. And so it makes me feel like, oh, the world's coming to an end. And like, I have to do more before I die kind of, kind of thing. And that's not fun. Right. Um, you know, here I was, I was, I was, you know, perfectly content and probably not because, uh, you know, I got on my phone and started scrolling, but it puts us into this fight, flight, freeze kind of thing where it's like, what do I do? Is like, is the world ending? But they're having a baby. Why would they have a baby if the world is ending? So it also causes this kind of confusion and we, we, we kind of get uh, jumbled up and then we just collapse and fall into, you know, whatever our addictive coping mechanism is. Um, and then the fifth way is social media makes us vulnerable to bullying. And we see that in the comment section. You post videos and somebody is immediately post a, a photo or a video or anything. And most people, you know, thumbs up, awesome, cool. 
And there's like one to three people who are like, you should die. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? So it it is so much, you know, there can be a lot of name calling and fake rumors and uh, uh, stalking and physical threats and explicit images uh, when it comes to posting on social media. So it really makes us vulnerable to being bullied. And and we know that um, bullied children and teens are more likely than their peers to develop depression and anxiety and to have low self-esteem. Um, event witnesses to bullying experience negative uh, mental health consequences, including anxiety, depression, and stress. So even seeing bullying can raise our levels of cortisol and, and cause uh, you know, uh, stress and depression and anxiety. So we have to be aware of that. So be aware of like what you're watching and, um, and what you're listening to, because even listening to it, even hearing about it, can have an effect on your mental health. Now, I did, now, like I said, social media is not all bad or all good, right? Um, it, it, it also can be used to um, connect you with your family if you live far away, right? Um, if you have a mental illness that makes normal social interactions difficult, online communities provide an outlet. Social media can also connect you to peer support groups for mental illness grief, and more. You can access information online more efficiently than ever. You may even be able to connect with your mental health care providers, facilitating better engagement with your treatment. Um, yeah, you know, all, most of my, all my episodes are sponsored by BetterHelp, and you can only do that through online engagement, which is really cool, right? So social media is not in itself uh a, a horrible thing or a negative thing. It's really about how we use it. Now, like I said, I was going to tell you the number one reason why social media has a, a profound impact on mental health, for me at least, is that I can receive the best news and the worst news alone. Uh, a friend of mine recently passed away, went into surgery, never woke up. And I received that text message while I was in Whole Foods. I was in a grocery store. And it was, it was just jarring to, to receive this news of a, of a friend passing away and to be, you know, shopping for salmon. And, you know, figuring out quinoa. And because this person was still young, wasn't even, wasn't even 65. Excuse me. And I, I talked to him recently. And so I received the, this devastating news alone. Traditionally, when we receive news like that, we would be surrounded by people. People would have had to tell you that face to face. Or at the very least, they, they would have called. I, w- I would have had someone to immediately talk to, communicate with, process the emotions with. But I was at Whole Foods. On the flip side, you know, if I had won the lottery and received that message at Whole Foods, 
it would be like, woohoo, but you don't want to yell too loud. You don't want to, you can't really celebrate the way you want to because people are like, are you crazy? And you really can't say, hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm rich now, you know, you don't want to get robbed. So it, it puts you in this place where you can receive the best news and the worst news alone. And, and that's no way to, to receive news, to receive information. So next time you go on social media, make sure you're in a space where if you turn it on and you see the, the worst news uh, or the best news, there's someone around you that can help you process it, to think it through, to reflect on it, to celebrate it, or someone that can hold you, a shoulder for you to lean on. And if, and if there isn't, then you know have that person at the ready to call. Say okay, I'm about to I'm about to get on social media. I don't know what I'm gonna see, read, or hear, but I might be calling you in a few minutes. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host Leo Flowers. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help. For you calling the one eight hundred S U I C I D E. Or, uh, all right, uh, that's the old number, my bad. Calling the, <laughs> this has been a long day. Uh, call the 988 number, 988. That's the new suicide outline number. And, it, you know, if, you're on, if you've been put on hold, call some of the international phone numbers. Remember, there's a list of, of different phone numbers in each and every single one of the show notes. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.